Support for this podcast is brought to you by Jack Skellington's Christmas Emporium. Are you looking for a non-traditional Christmas style with which to decorate your home this holiday season? Or perhaps a unique toy to leave under the Christmas tree for your child? Come on down to the heart of Halloween Town where the Pumpkin King himself will help fulfill your individual needs. Whether you want a man-eating Christmas wreath to hang on your front door or a vampire doll that actually bites, Jack guarantees you'll find exactly what it is that you're looking for. Mention Tis the Podcast at checkout to receive 20% off your first purchase. And if you have any spare bones lying around, make sure to bring them for Jack's Ghost Dog Zero for an additional 10% off one item. Enjoy the show. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic! I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown, I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome to Tis the Podcast, the podcast determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days a year. I'm Julia. I'm Anthony. And I'm Tom. Back for another week. I'm really excited about today's movie. I am too. It's a mixy mash of some different holidays. It's a Christmas movie that's a little Halloween-y and vice versa. Hey, if you guys don't mind, before we get started, I got an email from Dr. Lind with some uh, sad news I was going to share. Go for it. Okay, so here's what he said. The Schultz home that Charles Schultz shared with Jeannie, his second wife and widow, burned down in the Napa fire. I don't know about the home his children grew up in, which is on the other side of town. His son Craig's home burned down as well. The family's obviously devastated, but thankfully the Schultz Museum was not touched by the flames, though just a mile away and saw the destruction. The museum held many of the originals, so all was not lost. I'm not sure about the total number Jeannie had at her personal residence. Others were in offsite protected storage, which I believe was untouched. Still a great loss, though, both personally and historically. This is actually not the first time Schultz lost work to fire. It happened around 1962, and he immortalized the event with Snoopy's doghouse subsequently burning in the strip. Very sad. So we're really oh. sorry to hear that. Yeah, uh, that's horrible. Tragedy. That's so sad. I couldn't find uh, any sort of GoFundMe or anything that the Schultz family was doing, so I don't know how to send our condolences other than to say we're really sorry, guys. Yeah, Anybody really in California listening, our hearts go out to you. One of my coworkers today posted a picture. She could see the flames from her house. Oh, that's so scary. It is. Well, sorry, guys. Speaking of scary, <laughs> the movie we're discussing this week, I'm excited about. I think it's going to be some pretty awesome discussion. Um, and it's perfectly timed, by the way, given the fact that we are right there by Halloween, guys. Tom, I I've got a plot summary for our movie this week, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, you want to go ahead and read that? The Nightmare Before Christmas follows the misadventures of Jack Skellington, Halloween Town's beloved pumpkin king, who has become bored with the same annual routine of frightening people in the real world. When Jack accidentally stumbles on Christmas Town, all bright colors and warm spirits, he gets the new lease on life. He plots to bring Christmas under his control by kidnapping Santa and taking over the role. But Jack soon discovers even the best laid plans of mice and skeleton men can go seriously awry. Thanks, Tom. So here's the most exciting news that we're going to talk about today. We have a guest host, a guest host I'm really excited about, Casey Mott from Parkbound Buttons. Um, We've known each other for a while through Handmade Circles, but this girl is like 
the resident expert on Disney. So Casey, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thanks for having me. We are super excited that you're bringing such a high level of expertise on all things Disney. And um, we're really excited to talk to you about Nightmare Before Christmas specifically. If you want to real quick, give a background on your history with Disney and, and specifically Parkbound because you do such cool work. Yeah, sure. I think a lot of kids who grew up just watching all the movies and every summer my mom would take me and my sister to Disney World. So it kind of got, you know, ingrained in me. I loved going. And then once I got older and had to, you know, pay for my trips on my own, they got a little bit, you know, slowed down a little bit. I went as an adult and I was just like completely fascinated all over again. Like going to Disney World, you know, as a kid is just so much fun. But then revisiting it as an adult, you just have like a new respect for it. And you just see things that you never noticed before. And you, know, you kind of get to relive being a kid again. And so when I started Park on Buttons, I was doing it as basically a way to just have like a little extra spending money for my Disney trip. So one thing that I noticed is to Disneyland, me and my husband um, for our, it was like a late honeymoon. One thing that they do at Disneyland and Disney World is they have these buttons and they're free and they're basically they're celebrating buttons. So they have ones that say like, it's my birthday or I'm celebrating and you can write in what you're celebrating. And they had a, um, they had like a just married and a happy anniversary button. And so I thought that was really cool because they were like, oh, let's, let me give you some buttons so you can wear them. And so we were wearing them in the park and every cast member that, favorite cast member you pass is like, oh, congratulations. They're like, if it was your birthday, they tell you happy birthday. If it was your first visit, those are big ones. So I was like, oh, you know, congrats on your first visit. What have you liked so far? So I was talking to my husband and I was like, what about all the times when you go to Disney and you're not celebrating something? Like you're just going for your family vacation or maybe you're a resident and you just you're a local and you go all the time, but it'd be so cool to like have a play on those buttons. So we came up with a template that kind of mocked the celebrating button template. So it's kind of like a parody of their buttons. I made four designs. I put them on my Instagram and like put them on Etsy, you know, slowly but surely it just took off. Um, and that first day, I, you know, I had, I probably had like 10 sales and I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> so after, you know, it's like whenever you put something out, you're like, all right, I got a sale today. Like it was, it was yeah. so exciting. And, and then just as time went on, this word in the spread, you know, every month I was, I was getting ideas and people were giving me ideas for different buttons I could do. So one thing that I really enjoy doing is kind of the pop culture references. I do a lot of Disney mashups with like Mean Girls. Um, that's a big mm -hmm. one. Treat yourself. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's just putting in like the little like references. Um, this year with Christmas, I'm, I did a play on Buddy the Elf, but it's Mickey and he's dressed in Buddy's outfit. Um, and oh, I, I love, love smiling. It. Smiling's my favorite. <laughs> it's really hard to pick an elf quote because there's so many good ones. But, you know, so well, I just really like just having something fun and unique. And my background, you know, how we met, you know, I was doing jewelry and things like that. And the problem with that was that I was selling them and I loved making them. Um, but the thing with that is I don't like wearing jewelry. I felt kind of like a fraud oh. making, making jewelry that I don't like to wear. So with buttons, I was like, well, this is unisex. Like anyone can wear a button and anyone can fit in a button. Like there's no sides to it. You can put it on your bag and kind of collect them. And so 
it just took off and I've been doing it for three and a half years now. I quit my day job two years ago, I think, at this point. And so it's been crazy, but it's really, really fun. And I love being able to go to the parks and see people wearing them. Yeah. There's just something really cool. You know about seeing your, your work just out in the wild? Like the first time I saw people wearing them, I like went up to them and I was like, hey, uh, I think you're buttoning. Like, like nowadays, I don't bother my customers. (laughs) But it's it's been really cool to see it all and um, to keep going and expanding to other products. My business is park bound. So anything that you can, you know, use for your day at the park. Disney is just something that I love. Now I get to do it all the time. You're in great company because I'm a huge Disney fan and I know, yep, Anthony's shaking his head. Yep, <laughs> me too. Also a huge fan. <laughs> this is what I'm really interested about. So I've never been to the yeah. park around Halloween time or around Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that you have, obviously. Actually, what was it, yesterday or two days ago, you posted a picture of you and Jack. That picture gave me a thrill. It's one of the couples I've wanted to meet in the park. Sally and Jack specifically, I know they're pretty rare. They don't, they're not out all year and all of that. So my question to you, since you are an expert on this, is what's the buzz like around this movie in the parks and then with your customers as well? Like, is this some, something that people gravitate to, the Nightmare Before Christmas stuff or, um, or what? Talk a little bit about that. The Nightmare Before Christmas, they, Disney has fully embraced it, and um, especially at Disneyland. Because at Disneyland, starting in September all the way through Christmas, they close down the Haunted Mansion for about two weeks so they can refurbish it and they make it Haunted Mansion Holiday. So what Aww. happens is, is the Haunted Mansion, as you know and love it in Disney World, but the, at Disneyland... They totally, it's like Jack Skellington flew in and changed the mansion up because everything is decked out in Christmas lights and all of the little, um, you know, kind of scary Christmas things that are so present in Nightmare Before Christmas. They totally revamp it. You know, every room has touches from them and they, you know, Jack, Jack is on the ride now in Nightmare Before Christmas. They've added Sally. She's in the graveyard. Boogie Boogie is at the end. It is. I saw it for the first time two years ago, and they've been doing it for several years, but I never made the trip out at the right time to do it. Finally made it two years ago, and I've, I've seen it every year since then, um, but it is so cool. I love the Haunted Mansion. It's my favorite attraction at Disney at Disney Park since I love Nightmare Before Christmas. Seeing that, like I went in not knowing what to expect, and it just blew my mind because the music changes to Nightmare Before Christmas. They do a special scene, and if you know the Haunted Mansion attraction, you go through a ballroom scene where they're having like a dinner party and they're dancing. But every year at Disneyland during this this changeover, they make a gingerbread house, and oh, it is a cool. real gingerbread house. Yeah, it's so cool. It's on the the dinner table in the in the scene, and this year Oogie Boogie is at the top of it, and he's like moving back and forth. And as you go through the ballroom scenes, they have a gingerbread smell that you smell as you're going through. It is it is so cool, and it's you still get all the um, haunted mansion touches just with Jack Skellington. It's the coolest thing. So with Disneyland having that, um, they really amped up all the Nightmare Before Christmas things at Disneyland. Um, you can meet Jocelyn, usually Sally. Sometimes Sally's not with them, but you can meet them every day in the parks at Disneyland um, from September to Christmas. His line is usually about 45 minutes to an hour long, but it's totally worth it because meeting Jack at the park is an experience. 
He's always talking to you about either Halloween or Christmas. When I saw him this year, I had a Oogie Boogie button, and he was not happy about that at all. Oh, I love that. <laughs> he, he told me to cover it up. He told me to take it off. He's like, I don't agree with that man. <laughs> you know? Funny. They're, and they're just, they're really great to talk to. You know, sometimes Sally will you know, comment on what you're wearing and she'll, you know, suggest that she stitches something similar so you can match. Um, but, but it's so cool to see them. And, um, of course they're next to a shop that is just full of nightmare before Christmas stuff. And then this year at Disneyland, they, um, also added Halloween decor to California adventure. So at California adventure, Boogie Boogie is actually on the sign that says Disney California adventure. And at night he glows and everyone, every couple minutes he'll start talking from the sign they just have really latched on to nightmare for christmas over there and everyone loves it and at disney world it's very much the same jack skellington only comes out for the halloween party which is like a separate event and you buy a ticket um and so his line is always anywhere from one to three hours long like people oh wait wow yeah it's so crazy but they're a really great couple to meet it's just not like the other characters that you meet in the parks because they are you know limited and but they're really fun to you know joke around with and he's got like his signature laugh when he walks in he has just those kind of long skeleton leg walks that he does so Uh it's it's really something to see and they have really um, enjoyed it oh the same with my customers every year i do i make sure to have some sort of nightmare for christmas button that goes with either halloween or christmas just because i mean i love it and my customers love it like this year the new one i made was oogie boogie and i made it to where he glows in the dark so if you're wearing it if you're wearing it in the park during the day it just like catches all that sun and then as soon as you walk into like a dark ride oogie boogie's glowing it's awesome okay that's, That's really cool. cool. That is cool. <laughs> well, it's so interesting to hear that I had no idea they did that with the Haunted Mansion, but that's like the coolest. Haunted Mansion's like my favorite Disney ride ever. It was one of the first ones I rode when I was younger, and it's just, it's got a real near and dear place to my heart. I wish they did that in Orlando too. Maybe they will. Maybe I know. Yeah. They don't do it in Orlando, and one of the reasons that other fans have said why they don't do it is because Disney World is such a like a tourist park where people you know save up one two three years to go and so they don't like to do these quick changeovers because mm-hmm. I guess you know for these people that are making these once in a lifetime trips at Disneyland it's very strange they're really open to changing rides for the season but yeah at Disney World they're very much about just keeping it the classic attraction that's interesting oh, okay. that's cool I've never been to either it's so either. fun it's worth it Disney's so fun it is. at this point yeah. we're wait we're we're waiting until Ellie's a little older, so we can take her with us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, let's get into histories of the movie. So, Casey, what's your history with The Nightmare Before Christmas? Okay, my history is I I actually, um, my birthday is November 1st. So, um, growing up, we always, we usually tied in my birthday with like Halloween themes. So, we would always have like, like a costume party or something. Well, the year that Nightmare Before Christmas came out, it was coming out around my birthday. And so we had my birthday party in the movie theater. And this was before like the days of like movie theaters having like party rooms. So we literally were just in the theater, like cutting cake and like opening my presents. And then we watched The Nightmare Before Christmas. I mean, I I love the movie. And so, you know, tying it in with my birthday, it kind of, you know, became my favorite. I have this Oogie Boogie stuffed animal that I've had since um, the movie came out. And it's so cool because it glows in the dark and it has bugs inside of it. Oh my gosh. What kind of of kid I was. I'm like, this is amazing. (laughs) 
so my history was, you know, it, I always think of it and I always think of that birthday. It's always been my favorite since then. And even now, I mean, I have a I have a Oogie Boogie Haunted Mansion tattoo that I got recently just to kind of, you know, echo my my love for it. So it, yeah, it's, ever so since cool. it came out, I loved it. Like By I, the way, Casey's tattoo artist is amazing. His name's Jace Cogburn and he tattoos in Sherman, Texas now. Oh, wow. um, but I met him doing craft shows. He would always paint, he would paint like cats and sharks and little things. And he would, he'd paint them on wood and then cut them out and he'd make like magnets and um, bigger art pieces. But me and his girlfriend, now fiance, we would always trade my jewelry for like his like magnet. And then he started tattooing and he's a big Disney fan too. And I started getting tattoos from him. But yeah, so I drive to Sherman to get my tattoos from him. And so when I told him I wanted Oogie Boogie, he was like, oh, that's so awesome. And so he made like this cute little Oogie Boogie riding in a doom buggy, which is the vehicle that you ride in in the Haunted Mansion. So and there's like a there's little bugs crawling off on the doom buggy and stuff. So, so yeah, Oogie Boogie's always been my favorite and Nightmare has just been with me since I was, I think it was my eighth birthday. That's such a cool history. It's neat that you can yeah. turn your birthday into <laughs> seeing it for the first time. That's very cool. Okay. I, I have a quick interjected question here. What's your favorite Disney movie? That's so hard. I have like a set, like my favorite Disney princess movie is Tangled. My favorite Disney <laughs> Pixar movie is Toy Story 3. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. and like Night Before Christmas is just one of my favorite movies in general. I have different ones. <laughs> <laughs> So, Tom, what's your history with this movie? So, this movie came out in, in 93, but I didn't see it until 96, freshman year of high school, when, like, every freshman in the 90s, I uh, had my brief stint of, of angsty, teenage, grungy, <laughs> combat boots and shorts, Eddie Better thing going on. That's a little uh, embarrassing to admit now. But uh, this was right up that aesthetic. So, it spoke to me, the dark, fun play that I hadn't seen, really, before. Like, this was something completely new for me. Mm-hmm. I'd grown up, you know, I'd seen Lion King, Aladdin, and all all of those that I loved. But this was something brand new, and it really caught my attention. And it quickly became one of my favorite movies at the time, um, right up there with The Crow. I, I really, I, I always enjoyed this movie. My feelings for it and what I see in it are different now than they were when I was 14 years old. But I still like the movie. It's, it's a lot of fun for me. I enjoy it. How about you, Anthony? I'm going to be Debbie Downer here. I was four when this movie came out. So I didn't see it in theaters. I think my parents thought it looked a little too frightening for me at that age. But I definitely remember seeing it young. We owned it on VHS in those big plastic covered boxes mm-hmm. we were talking about last week. I remember when I first saw it, I really liked the characters, but the story and the songs, I was just like, meh. I mm-hmm. thought the char- I thought the characters were a lot. No, the music was really good, okay. and two of the songs I still think are iconic. But the rest, meh. Yeah, I thought it was okay. As I grew up and got older, I started appreciating it a little more. I never went through the whole obsessive nightmare before Christmas phase. A lot of teenagers do, even still now. You know, going to Hot Topic and buy as much merchandise as you can related to this film. Never went through that. Say, I was going to say, I think Anthony's probably going through that right now. He was at Hot Topic this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> buying his, his jeans with clothespins and zippers to go along with this. I watched this twice in preparation for tonight's show. I watched it once 
over the weekend, and then I caught it. I just happened to catch it on TV last night on Freeform. I definitely appreciate it more now than I did when I was a kid. I think I can appreciate the more, uh, you know, he's going through a midlife crisis aspect of the story. I still think its biggest strength, in my opinion, is putting all the Christmas imagery with the Halloween iconography and seeing them clash together on the big screen. I thought that, I think, I still think that's the genius of this movie and the best thing about it. Yeah, I think it's okay. I don't hate this movie. I don't find it boring like I do Arthur Christmas. Arthur Christmas. I think I think I think this film actually has some magic to it, unlike Arthur Christmas. But I think this is actually a really depressing and somber Christmas movie. Like it's not one I'd ever put on to feel Christmas magic or joy. And then thinking back to recent years, I think I put it on once during the season. It really and it really is at that point transitioning from Halloween to Thanksgiving and Christmas. I won't watch it really past that unless I happen to catch it on TV. But yeah, all that's just a long-winded way to say it's okay. It's not my favorite, but it's okay. How about you, Julia? <laughs> so my parents would have been lumped in the whole, yeah, don't want to see that movie because it looks a little too dark and scary. And so I never saw it in the theater, but I probably only saw it all the way through in its entirety for the first time, maybe four years ago um, when it was on TV. And I was like, you know, I've never seen this entire movie in one sitting. So let me do that. I've listen to the music for a really long time because I had those best of Disney CDs. You know those? Like Disney's greatest mm-hmm. hits. Mm-hmm. Of course, Casey knows them. Yep, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so Jack's Lament was on there and that song is like oh. one of my favorite Disney songs. I have a very near and dear attachment to that song. Danny Elfman. Anyway, we'll talk about music later. Anyway, so I knew the music before I knew the movie. Uh, first time I watched the movie, I was fascinated. Um, I'm a Tim Burton fan. I'm a stop animation fan. I'm a, you know, unique take on fill in the blank fan. So this was the most unique Disney movie I'd ever seen. It was different from anything else. And mixing up Halloween and Christmas was entirely new to me. So I was fascinated. I didn't necessarily adore the movie the first time I saw it, but I was intrigued and I watched the entire thing and it didn't look away. I didn't get bored. The more times that I view it, particularly when I watched it for this show, I feel like my um, appreciation for it, like for the plot has cooled a little bit and I think I've nailed why. I think it's because on this podcast, we watch Christmas movies leading up to this and we've had a few very warm ones lately particularly the Muppets. And so I found I appreciate this movie much more as a Halloween movie than I do as a Christmas movie. If I try and watch it with a Christmas headspace, it makes me feel kind of sad and lacking. But if I watch it in a Halloween headspace, it nails it. Can I interject so, really quickly there? Sure. Are you no. going to diss on the fact that I like that song? No, 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 no. I, you <laughs> said you appreciate it more as a Halloween movie. Well, we did yes. ask on Twitter whether more people thought it was a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie or equal, and Halloween just edged out Christmas, and mm-hmm. I find it more of a Christmas movie, even though I don't find the warm fuzzies in it. I don't find it either. I find it a transitionary movie. Like you said earlier, it's that perfect between Christmas or Halloween and Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. A lot better job of bridging that gap for me than as a, a Halloween movie for me. Yeah, and that's probably by design. I mean, the plot is you have uh, you have Jack Skellington, who's the head of Halloween Town. He's in charge of Halloween, who is going through sort of a midlife crisis, like Anthony said. Just you know, falls into 
Christmas town mm-hmm. and is fascinated by what he sees. Um, not just because it's so different, but I think partially it's also that that stirring inside of him that's like, I'm dissatisfied where I'm at. Here is something new. Let me try this thing. This thing looks cool. And and that's the struggle, right? And you have Sally in Halloween Town who is going through a very similar struggle, but with a different twist on it. I've always liked their relationship for one, like the struggles they're going through and the different ways they deal with it. One of the things I really appreciate about Jack as a character character is that everything he does in this movie is with no mal intent like mm-hmm. he's not doing it to ruin christmas he's trying to bring christmas to halloween and put his own spin on christmas he's not trying to ruin it he just doesn't understand christmas so the fact that he's not doing it with any ill intentions i think really makes him a redeemable sympathetic character because if he was doing it you know to you know be a jerk basically and just take it over from santa like for good and like to make it what he wanted he wouldn't be a good protagonist, but he really is just trying to understand it and he fundamentally doesn't. And yeah, I really appreciate that. He had the best of intentions and it just went wrong. Yeah, I really like the Jack character. So this was, as Tom said, it came out October 29th, 1993. So it definitely was aiming for that Halloween audience, but it stayed in the theaters and persisted and did great, by the way, all the way through Christmas. The main writer is Tim Burton. And so I didn't realize this before I did my research that although it is Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas, he didn't have a very heavy hand in this movie. It was primarily Henry Selleck, the director. Tim Burton was busy directing Batman Returns at the time. Oh, so Henry Selleck is James and the Giant Peach and Coraline. So this definitely started that trend of him and 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 a movie with this look because this movie definitely has its own look to it. And it's it's beautiful. It's not just the stop animation, but beyond that, it's the design, it's the color scheme, it's the shape of the characters, and it's beautiful. It really is a very beautiful movie. And I can definitely commend anyone who can put that much of a signature on a movie that it persists through, you know, his whole canon of movies. Casey, are you a Tim Burton fan in general? Oh, yeah. Yes. I I love Tim Burton. I was watching Edward Scissorhands the other day. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah I love all of it's a great stuff. movie. I like yeah. Tim Burton's older stuff. His newer stuff, I just can't really connect with. What do you consider newer? Like, how far back do you consider newer? Like, did you like Coraline? I liked Coraline. Okay. I mean, his newer, like, live action stuff where he cast Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter and everything. <laughs> yeah. I love Sweeney Todd. I loved Sweeney Todd. Oh, me too. It was so good. It's so like deliciously wrong and good. But Willy Wonka, not a fan. No, absolutely not. Yeah. That was a mess. Did you guys see Frankenweenie? Frankenweenie was good. Frankenweenie. Frankenweenie's so good. That may be my favorite. That may be my favorite Tim Burton, honestly. It's so good. And boy and his dog. And there's actually like a short, like in front of or at least on the DVD, on some of the DVDs for Nightmare Before Christmas. And it's a Frankenweenie short that you can watch. Really? Nightmare. Yeah. I didn't ever actually discover it until after the Frankenweenie movie came out. Um, But I looked back on my DVD and there it was. I won't have to find that and put it in the show notes. You guys know Tim Burton's directing the live action Dumbo right now in England, right? I do. I didn't know that. Should be interesting. Yeah. Michael Keaton and Danny DeVito are going to be in it. Should be very interesting. It'll be something. (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about characters since we sort of already did just a little bit. So Jack Skellington is voiced by Chris Sarandon. My favorite Chris Sarandon is Princess Bride, Chris Sarandon. Yep. I love me some Princess Bride. (laughs) So his voice is beautiful. Um, And that's the speaking voice. Um, His character was sung by Danny Elfman, which I always thought was very cool. 
because Danny Elfman did the music for this movie and is one of my favorite composers. Um, definitely like a niche composer, but his music is beautiful. Sally is voiced by a Christmas movie legend, <laughs> legend Catherine O'Hara of Home Alone fame. And a Halloween um, movie legend. She's in this, Beetlejuice. She's been in a few oh, yeah. creepy stuff, too. Um, I don't like the character, Sally. I love Catherine O'Hara, though. No. Oh. This is going to go downhill tonight. Ooh, what, do you, what do you not like about <laughs> Sally? <laughs> she's way too depressing. Well, it's Halloween town. <laughs> it's okay. Well, no, look at her. Cre- she's, like, trapped by her creators. She can't do anything fun. It's beyond that. That whole plot, I don't I don't even think it's just Sally. I don't like her. I don't like Dr. Finkelstein. I don't like either. That whole plot, like, I wish they could just pull out of them. I don't like it. <laughs> I could oh. do without Dr. Finkelstein, but she's so, I, she has a tenderness that I can really appreciate in this movie. Exactly. Despite all this bad stuff that befalls her, her lot yeah. in life that she has, she's still very positive. I, ap- I appreciate that she was a strong character. She went to rescue Santa herself. I appreciate all mm-hmm. that against yeah. Oogie Boogie. I mean, that's a, yeah, it was, she, she's just, I don't know. She's just depressing. And the scene where she jumps out of the window and they focus on her like torn apart body on the ground for a while. <laughs> that's really dark for a kid's movie. It is dark, but I love that she pulls the needle from behind her ear and just starts to get it done, girl. Get it, girl. Right. Hashtag get it, girl. Hashtag she persisted. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> okay. So we have another Christmas movie favorite. Evil Scientist was voiced by William Hickey, who is in um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Is Evil Scientist Dr. Finkelstein? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah I don't like his what? character. You're, I don't either, but I love his voice. I like the voice. That yeah. creepy... Uh, pretty great voice yeah. his animation goes so well the voice matches the the creepy mouth that he has going on oh so most people's favorite characters in this movie as i read are lock shock and barrel the three kids oogie boogie's kids so to speak which one of them is voiced by paul rubens i'm not and, sure that was familiar and one by Catherine o'hara too she does double duty in this did film. she do double okay yep, i'm not a fan of them i don't mind them i like them better than sally and dr finkelstein oh <laughs> Wrong, Anthony. They really do go far to promote the whole mischievous nature of Halloween and kind of embody that whole spirit of everybody that lives in Halloween Town. They're all like that. It's all about fun and play and creating havoc. So I think they, they take it to an extreme. A lot of the other Halloween Town characters don't, though, because I think a well, lot so- of the other ones are really good natured. <laughs> As odd like that as wolf. they are. Like I, the, love I, I love the wolf. I love the wolf. <laughs> I love the high-pitched vampires. I love the witches. Yeah, the vampires yeah. are pretty great. Lock, stock, and barrel. Their characters just remind me so much of YB from Coraline. Their appearance. I can see that. Yeah. Well, um, on Lock, stock, and barrel, they're still kids, and somehow they have gotten wrapped up with Oogie Boogie. And so if it were up to them, I think they would just be doing more lighthearted tricks, but mm-hmm. they're scared of Oogie Boogie. So they still do stuff for him, basically, as they say in their song, you know, to stay on his good side. Well, like, I mm-hmm. think they would rather just be kids, but they're still pretty scared of what he might do to them. Well, that's a good point. Oh, okay. they, they actually do get their redemption in the end. They leave the mayor to Oogie Boogie's lair. I guess they assumed he was going to help them rescue Sally and Santa, but by that point, Jack had already shown up and done it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a really good point, Casey. You're, I yeah. think you're right, and I think that adds some redemptiveness as, as a level of redemption for those kids. Okay, I take back my comments. Um, Zero, <laughs> who... Zero is my favorite character, and I saw I he was next Zero. on the notes. 
I He's do so too. sweet. Zero. He's such a good dog. <laughs> he is. Do you notice his nose is a little jack-o'-lantern? Yeah, I only noticed that a few years ago. I used to think it was just a little orange glowing nose like Rudolph's. Yeah. It was but, a monster yeah. Rudolph. Oh, yeah, he's, yeah, that's he's awesome. so much like um, the dog and the Grinch that stole Christmas. <laughs> Except Jack him. treats him a little better than the Grinch treated he Max. treats him a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> but I love a good solid dog, dog sidekick. I mean, heck, Frank and Weenie right there. Give me um, give me a movie with a dog in it, and I'm happy for the most me, part. Um, give me a movie with a dog in it. Chances are I'll cry by the end because normally, oh, yeah. you know, they get put down or die <laughs> in the end. And I'm like, no. <laughs> well, this one's already dead, so you don't have to worry about that. Well, usually, exactly. usually they have it coming, though. Tom, No. <laughs> He what? said they have it coming. I said usually the dogs have it coming. <gasps> There's angry Anthony. Do not get me started on animal very. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, so Oogie Boogie. Did you say you liked him? I love him. I think oh, he's really? so fun. I love how he embraces the bad, mischievous side. I, he's just mm-hmm. having a blast torturing people. He's so fun. He's so funny. I love his song. He's voiced by... Ken Page. Ken Page. <laughs> there you go. Thanks, Casey. <laughs> so he, he voiced him and he sang him. He did, I think yes. So. so that music, his power is in that voice. Oh, my goodness. Because, like, when you look at him, he's a pretty... It's not what I was expecting with a villain, honestly. When I first saw him, I'm like, a gigantic bag? and <laughs> But then they start to, like, really make him, like, super creepy and gross with the worms inside and then the way that the face morphs. And he really is, like, your worst nightmare. So I like. So the, I was always impressed with the villain. I like the whole mythology surrounding him, that everyone in town is scared of this guy except Jack. And you get the idea that Jack is literally... The only guy in town who's keeping Oogie Boogie at bay and kind of like protecting the town. Mm-hmm. So I think that added to his character. And he, him and Jack have a backstory that was explored in the old Game Boy Advance prequel. Really? Do you guys, do you guys know it? I don't. So before the events of A Nightmare Before Christmas, Oogie Boogie had his own holiday called Bug Day. And it eventually fell out of favor and ended. So he moved to Halloween Town. And he once tried to take over Halloween Town and make it his own Bug Day. And Jack was the only guy stepped up and stopped him and saved the town and drove Oogie Boogie away to where he lives now. So because Jack beat him once, that's why Oogie Boogie's terrified of him now. Interesting. And uh, everyone hero worships Jack because Jack saved them all from Oogie Boogie. Okay, that's a cool backstory yeah i thought that, so. and it goes really far to explain that that's really neat i like that i just still think it's really funny when casey said jack made her take her bag her oogie boogie <laughs> 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 yeah, I, like i was kind of taken aback by it because you know i, I knew they had their phone you know, but i mean in the end jack prevailed but and I, I had someone else uh, another girl that we follow each other on instagram she wore an oogie boogie dress like she had mm-hmm. her it was kind of like a Disney bound, which is where you, you dress kind of like in the style of a character, um, not mm-hmm. so much a costume, but, you know, elements of that character in your outfit. Um, she was Disney bounding as Oogie Boogie, and he was very unhappy with her. Like, he <laughs> hardly wanted to take a photo with her. Wow, oh, funny. <laughs> That's amazing. That cast interaction is like my favorite thing ever about Mine's- Disney cast members mine too mm-hmm. so last time me and sarah went we went on our honeymoon that was the last mm-hmm. time i was there but um so we bought the photo package because you know that's yeah. well well worth the money oh, yeah. um mm-hmm. but there are some great candid shops like bell is mm-hmm. talking to me and bell is always my favorite princess growing up like i look totally in love and like oh you were smitten you were I, in deep smit i was totally smitten on your honeymoon on my honeymoon 
And then, and then I swear I have the picture as proof. There is one picture with Elsa and Anna where Anna's giving me the eyes. Well, somebody <laughs> thinks highly of themselves, don't they? <laughs> Anna thinks highly of me. <laughs> anyway, that's oh my, my Disney gosh, that's awesome. interaction stories. But. <laughs> oh, I really want to go. It's okay, though, because Gaston tried to steal Sarah away from me, so we were even. Oh, I haven't met Gaston yet. I haven't been and timed it right to meet him. I know Casey he, has. So it's so funny. He turns his yeah. back on, like, the guys. If you're a couple getting pictures of him, he'll turn his back on the guy and, like, flex for the woman. Yeah. Oh, that's so, he's a lot of fun. So is there somewhere I can go online and see who's out when? Is that like a thing they publish? Yeah, yeah. They they actually have it now. Um, the official like Disney World and Disneyland app, they have a whole section called characters. And it'll tell you, um, it'll show you a map of where these characters are. And you click on it and they'll tell you their set time. So whenever they're there. So that's always really helpful, um, you know, to plan your day out. Oh, that's cool. um, I always use it when I'm looking for a certain character, because some characters are harder to meet than others, like Gaston. There, and that also has waiting times, right, for rides and stuff? Uh-huh, yeah, it's got the waiting times. You can um, you can um, add your ticket to your to the app and then um, add your fast passes if you're in the park and you, um, you can do your fast passes right from the app. It's super handy. It has all of that. But yeah, the characters, I always use the character um, locator on there because I'm always looking for characters and, you know, I have special ones I want to meet. So I always go to the app for that. But before we move on from characters, Julia, you forgot one. Who did I forget? He, the only other semi kind of main one, and that's the mayor. Oh, the mayor. I really like the mayor. I like that he's literally a two-faced politician. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty great. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and like, not not to get into quotes, but he has my favorite line in the whole movie when he says, Jack, please, I'm an elected official. I can't make decisions for myself. <laughs> I do. I love that part. Too. Don't you guys really miss the days where our politicians were two-faced and not just outwardly stupid? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So music in this movie is amazing. So it's by Danny Elfman made famous by a lot of different things but um the simpsons uh beetlejuice batman batman yep he's known for his darker scores and beautiful melodies that are you know dissonant at times and he really is just a master at music and he also wrote the lyrics for the songs in this movie as well which i can always appreciate somebody who can score a movie as well as write the lyrics the music in this film is amazing the score i think two of the songs are iconic okay so which two songs are iconic can i guess this is, you yeah can guess. Tom guess what you can this? guess yep obviously hmm well we know it's not jack's lament because he gave me the stink eye when i said that it's definitely not jack's lament. we can definitely make that one off so there's it's what's this and this is halloween yes the, and three others are good and that's making christmas and oogie boogie song and kidnap the santa claus is catchy the rest though depressing i could throw out the rest they're boring they're sad they're depressing hate it i literally Aww. hate the other songs and that's a problem Jackson that, is so beautiful that's a problem for me it's a musical and they're boring songs Aww. and and it's not just because they're slow i'm a big broadway fan i love musicals i love a lot of musicals with slow songs these were just in my mind, boring, depressing, and frankly, n- not iconic, which I expect from a Danny Elfman movie. Like you, this this sound, this 
Disney soundtrack overall can't compare it to other Disney movies. Like the the Well, I don't real... know that you're supposed to be able to compare it to other Disney movies. But Disney in has any a... respect, this movie can't be compared. Disney to has a Disney high movies. bar with their music. You would have thought the music would be able to compare at least. I really enjoy all of the music. Yeah, I think the the music suits the movie. Well then maybe and... the pro that's the problem with the movie that I have. <laughs> I think the music was great. <laughs> I do too. I mean I music is a big deal to me as well for movies in general. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm more tenant. I will hate a movie if the music is not on par, whether it deserves to be hated or not. Me but too. One, the music is like another character yeah. in every movie. The it score, is, yeah. it really is. Casey, what do you think? I, I mean, like we've all, or, you know, we've all kind of talked about how there are parts of the movie that are kind of downers, but I feel like the music, you know, the ones that are kind of depressing, but that's kind of how they want you to feel, you know? Mm-hmm. So Um, There are those really catchy ones that really outshine the other ones. You know, what's this? And uh, this is Halloween. I mean, I hum those all the time. Um, But the other ones are really there, you know, to go with, you know, to go with the art that's on the screen and to Mm -hmm. kind of like make you depressed, I guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, yeah. That's why I like Jack's Lament so much because it's a song that completely expresses his feelings about where he is. Poor, ja- his- poor Jack is better than Jack's Lament in terms of expressing his feelings. I, I'll, I'll say poor Jack's decent. I like poor Jack. I, yesterday was the first mm-hmm. time I really started appreciating that one. And I think that one's a pretty good, yeah. I think that in terms of expressing his feelings, I like poor Jack. I like Jack's Lament. <laughs> I do too. Oh, I'm well. super <laughs> impressed by Danny Elfman's voice. I can't get past that. Oh, it's that beautiful. he sings that. He has a beautiful voice. Such a range. I love it. He's almost as good as me. Humble brag. Look at you. <laughs> Have you heard me sing? Um, I haven't heard you sing. There's Do it now. No. Oh. I bet, you, I bet you sing like angels. Maybe if their head's being held underwater. <laughs> I, I did hear you uh, singing, humming the Harry Potter tune in that video you sent us. Okay, now that doesn't count. That does not count. <laughs> We have we have the plague. <laughs> we had the plague. Our family had the plague. There was no. How funny. Not, not really very. My child was sick, but I'm glad that brings you humor, Julia. <laughs> the plague voice brings me humor. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, so we like the music. What about the sets? What do we think of the look of this movie? It's beautiful. Everything about it, like everything like, about it, is beautiful. Except the design of Santa. Hashtag not my Santa. Oh, I thought Santa was kind of sweet. And- the, the the North Pole Christmas Town looked amazing. Look, that was. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, so it it's funny you so said Christmas-y. that. Yeah, I love that they set apart so much the way that Christmas Town looks from Halloween Town. Like to a point where I think they really exaggerated Halloween Town as well. But I yes, like when totally. he's researching how when he's researching Christmas and he's trying to figure out like what is this thing that like even the books are really colorful about Christmas and the way that the lights create the colors in his office or his I guess it's his office. I really like the juxtaposition during making Christmas where they keep flashing back and forth between Halloween Town and Christmas as both towns mm-hmm. are preparing for the holiday. Just yeah. the, the darkness and the light. And uh, yeah, yeah, I really liked that. And I liked I like Jack's that. first glimpse of Christmas Town. Like, just what's this is a spectacular number. That's my favorite song of the mm-hmm. whole thing. But mm-hmm. the acting in that scene, everything from the way the puppet looks to the wonder in Danny Elfman's voice. 
And the growing wonder in his voice going from kind of like bemused and kind of a little nervous about where the heck he was to just totally enthralled and excited by it. Like it was such great voice acting on his part. And the puppet's face totally reflected it as well. But the lyrics are awesome. Like just when you look at the lyrics to that song, because like, I mean, if you found somebody on earth who never heard of Christmas like and all of a sudden threw them into all these christmas traditions like dragging a tree into your house and putting lights on strings up on it like it has to look weird (laughs) to an outsider i just love everything about that song and that sequence yeah i think it definitely gives those warm fuzzies that you know that the christmas movies give you that's the one song that really does you know because with all the art um on the screen and you know all of the pretty lights and and the music it's it's definitely that one scene that is going to make you get you excited for christmas yeah oh yeah totally Mm -hmm. yeah and i love i've always liked to halloween town's interpretation of christmas after that um (laughs) that's always made me laugh and just like yeah that's exactly how it would be if you take you know if you take somebody that is really good at one thing and throw them into this other thing they have no awareness of so yeah i always like that part and again it's that they don't mean it in ill will their interpretation they Mm -hmm. just don't get it at its basic level like what Mm -hmm. it's about which i think is fair i mean like you said how much sense does it make that we just randomly bring christmas trees into our house or (laughs) hang up dead foliage on our front doors Or, or, randomly, or randomly cover something in paper and hand it to somebody else for them to put the paper off. That just seems like a, an exercise in futility if you think about it. <laughs> or, or let a fat old man break into your house at night to leave gifts for you and eat your cookies. Very true. <laughs> you, you guys seen the family guy where Carter Pewterschmidt decides he hates Santa and so he randomly in the middle of June breaks into Santa's house and starts touching all of his stuff? <laughs> <laughs> i've not seen that family guy does great christmas episodes hmm. uh, they, I, do. It, they also do a great amazing christmas music yeah i have them on my playlist at least one of the songs all i really want for christmas christmas <laughs> you have a good singing voice no well that sounded nice well thank you <laughs> okay so likes and dislikes including Favorite quotes from this movie or favorite scenes from this movie? Since this one might be more of a scenes movie instead of quotes movie. Absolutely. Oh, it's for sure. Yeah. So, Casey, what's your favorite scene in the whole movie? My favorite scene is um, whenever Lock, Shock, and Barrel come back from um, kidnapping who they think is Sandy Claus and they come in. And they have kidnapped the Easter Bunny. <laughs> and so I love, I love the Easter Bunny popping out and going up to the big guy with the axe in his head. <laughs> and he goes, Bunny! And totally scares <laughs> the Easter Bunny back into the bag. <laughs> and just like, you know, Jack point. getting on to them. And, you know, telling them, like, they're like, we went in the door. <laughs> and he's like, there's more than one. <laughs> when Jack is so apologetic about it, too, like, I'm so yeah. sorry, sir. You take him home. <laughs> uh-huh. And he's like, apologize again. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that you've kidnapped this guy. It's that you kidnapped the guy he didn't want you to kidnap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that was always my favorite scene. Um, but then also for favorite quote, 
um, again with Knock, Shock, and Barrel, um, but when they're with Santa Claus, and he <clears throat> he says, "Haven't you heard of um, peace on earth and goodwill towards men?" And they all just scream, "No!" <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of like, what is going on here? And they, <laughs> so those are my, those are definitely my favorites. Um, but yeah, and I do love the, whenever they start, whenever Jack starts delivering the toys and they start to torment the kids, uh, the little, like there's like a little jack, like a jack-o'-lantern, jack-in-the-box. And he's like chasing after this chubby boy. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> Yeah, I like the kid that pulls that shrunken head out of his stocking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, uh. <laughs> the I really like the signs between the scenes between Santa and Jack at the end. Mm-hmm. Like um, when Santa tells him, the next time you get the urge to take over someone else's holiday, I'd listen to her. She's the only one with sense in this insane asylum. <laughs> but, but then they have like a really sweet moment too. Like, I hope there's still time to fix Christmas. Of course there is. I'm Santa Claus. <laughs> but like the ending of the film I find really sweet. Like they get back to Halloween town and Santa just isn't angry enough with Jack. Like he brings snow and Christmas to Halloween in the end. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. That I find neat. it really sweet. Yeah. And then just uh what's this? This is Halloween mashup like uh reprise at the end while they're experiencing snow for the first time. Oh, it was mm-hmm. that was so much fun. Yeah, nope. that was fun. Do you have any favorites, Tom? I do. I mean, I, I, my, my absolute favorite, and it goes back to my borderline unhealthy obsession with Christmas. I love it when he gets to Christmas Town. The, mm-hmm. the, the whole what's a, what's this song where we're seeing people, you know, we're seeing genuine Christmas cheer, and we're seeing Christmas playing out, and the the set, and everything gives me all the all the Christmas feels. Yeah, it really yeah. does. How it. far did Jack walk into the woods that he found those doors with the holiday uh, the holiday doors? Because uh, he's never heard of the holidays before, and he walked so long, he found those doors and experienced them all at once. Wait a minute, it had to have been a while because he's walking, and then it's almost like he'd fallen asleep while walking, and then he wakes up, and he's like, well, where are we? <laughs> I always wondered about that. I'm like, are you asleep? Did you fall asleep while you were walking? Are you that far in the woods? <laughs> I think we... we I don't know about you guys, but I definitely have those those pensive walks where I'm I'm so yeah. lost in thought I have no idea where I'm going. Yeah, I've definitely yeah. been there too. But I don't think I could probably get back to the same back to that place again. When I, <laughs> I don't know how he got out, how he found his way there from Christmas Town to get zero. I don't know either. Oh. <laughs> what about you, Julia? What's your favorite scene or quote? Um. Well, so I'll echo the the Christmas Town. That's my favorite part in the whole movie. Um. I really love that part. But I also like, um, I like it when Sally has that vision of the Christmas tree burning up and she's talking to Jack afterwards and she's like, I had the most terrible vision. And Jack goes, that's splendid. (laughs) (laughs) And then she tells him, she's like, no, all this stuff's going to happen. And he's just like positive and positive and positive. And she's the, you know, she's the naysayer. And and, I mean, really, it's just me liking Jack. Just Mm -hmm. his character is extremely genuine which I love that they took, I don't know, when you look at him and you don't have any history with the movie, it just seems like he would be this scary character, like in a deviant way. But I really love that 
he's so genuine, like you said, Anthony. Well, one of my notes was actually Jack is the least scary looking guy in Halloween Town. How is he the king of this place? That's not that's not even a joke. I have that note down, but I guess. To, <laughs> but um, no, I know what you mean. The genuineness is like infectious, and I, I think that's really why so many people do like Jack mm-hmm. Skellington. Yeah, I find all of the characters, whether they're ancillary, supporting, main, all of them, except, again, I don't really like Sally or Dr. Finkelstein. Um, they're also, but even it applies to them, I guess, they're also unique, and so they have such defined personalities mm-hmm. with such little screen time. I mean, I'm glad I, I'm glad they never did a sequel like where they discover like Thanksgiving or Easter or something, but I'm surprised, like... Like, there is so much you could do with these characters. And if Disney never did, like, shorts on the Disney Channel or, like, a cartoon with them. Because that is such a so well-defined world with such, like, larger-than-life personalities and unique personalities. Like, I think there is more to explore with those characters and that town, mm-hmm. if you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. For sure. For yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. Um, definitely. And, and that's one thing we that, that I know, um, Anthony, you don't love this movie, but we at least have to admit it is completely original. It did not, it's not a ripoff. It's not coming from, there, there's nothing for it to draw from. This is a 100% original concept, original. I'm honestly surprised nobody had done something similar because you listen to Tim Burton tell the story. He got the idea of wandering into like a department store right. at the cusp of the transition and saw the Halloween stuff and the Christmas stuff together and he mm-hmm. thought, what would happen if these two worlds collided? And like, I mean, every year you go into Target or wherever, and they always have the Halloween and Christmas stuff up side by side. Like, that's been going on for years. You wonder how he was the first person to think of doing something with that idea. Mm-hmm. You know, Target is working this year on being more intentional and not bringing out Christmas stuff before Halloween. Yeah, not I saw my, that article today. Which not I find my, really not, not the Targets around here. Really? All the all the tar all the Christmas stuff is up in my targets, local targets. Hmm. Yeah, they just had an article about how they're trying to be more intentional this time. Mm-hmm. The Macy's in the mall attached to my office building, uh, they decorated beginning of September for Christmas. But they are wow. but they're one of the uh, model stores of the country. I guess they decorate early and then others imitate what they did. Uh, huh. gotcha. so. mm-hmm. But I wasn't complaining. I've been walking through it every lunch break just to get my Bill of Christmas goodness. That's how I felt too. Christine <laughs> told me that, and I started to make a. She told me about that Target uh, initiative this year, and she's like, "Well, that, I find that really annoying. I'm ready for Christmas." <laughs> uh, you have to understand, Christine was not not the uh, obsessed Christmas person that I am for years and years. It has been taking me a lot of hard work. <laughs> I'm still working on. I'm still working on getting Sarah there. <laughs> there, it's, it, there's hope. Well, and as a shop owner, that you know. A big part of my customer base, they travel to Disney World in either Halloween time or Christmas time. I have to deal with, you know, being someone that they go to for their, you know, their holiday goods. Like my Christmas stuff came out. I released it all on Monday. Um, But, you know, I've been working on it um, in September and early this month. Um, And then also for Halloween, I have to be ready in August because Mm -hmm. I have to work with Disney's schedule because Disney Mm -hmm. by Usually November 2nd to 3rd, they have that Christmas tree up at Magic Kingdom. And, and it's always super frustrating because in July, I don't care about Halloween yet. Like, it's still too hot to think about. And then now, and then, you know, so then I'm doing Halloween for months. So now, you know, I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm ready for Christmas because I'm tired of looking at Halloween. But 
and people are like, you're doing Christmas already? It's not even Halloween. I'm like, I have to do it. I mean, because my customers start bugging me about Christmas. Usually in August, they start asking, when are your Christmas buttons coming out? And so I have to make sure everything is ready before the first Christmas party at Magic Kingdom. And the first Christmas party this year, I believe, is on the 7th or the 8th. I think it's the 8th of November. Wow. So yeah, they are, they are, they're kind of what runs um, my show as far as, you know, being ready. So yeah, so I always have to be up before Halloween's over. And it's sad because I love Halloween. But yeah, it's, just it's like you just, miss it. Like you have to skip right over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's crazy. I mean, just having to be ready for it, but it's, the customers don't care. They love Christmas. Mm. They're ready for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's one of the things I loved in this movie, that the minute Halloween and Christmas ends, they count down to the next one, the clock automatically resets, yes. and it's mm-hmm. like 365 days. That was my, yeah. That's one of my favorite quotes, when the mayor says, we've got to find Jack, there's only 365 days left until Halloween, and Wolfman, <laughs> 364. <laughs> <laughs> so, here's, here's my biggest question. We always ask... Um, if the movie we're reviewing this particular week passes the Linus test. And that just means if at any point, if at the climax of the movie, if Linus from a Charlie Brown Christmas could show up and say, this is what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. So that's the Linus test. And it's sort of like a litmus test for, is this a Christmas movie or not? So this is a big question for me in this movie. Is this a Christmas movie? What are your thoughts? It's a Christmas movie starring Halloween characters. Because it's about them discovering Christmas and finding out the true meaning of Christmas. So yes, I think it does pass, it just scrapes by passing the Linus test. It wasn't the biggest moment. But Jack does learn he did wrong in the end. And that's not, he learned what Christmas wasn't about. I don't know if he necessarily learned what Christmas was about. Oh, I totally think so. If you see, if you see the way Jack and the people of Halloween Town respond when Santa's there, and it starts snowing, and there's there's this the the Christmas feels from Santa are are there in Halloween Town. That, but that's not them learning anything. That's just them experiencing and enjoying snow for the first time. I think I think I think Jack passes briefly when him and Santa have that brief conversation in Oogie Boogie's lair after he was rescued. So I'm not saying it doesn't pass. I think he passes. I think it's a Christmas movie but I think it scrapes by. I think the end scene, while as sweet as it is, it's not necessarily them waking up to, this is what Christmas is all about. It's more them like, wow, what's, what's this? You know? And like enjoying that for the first time. I think, I think it is. I think he does have that, 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 that pivotal moment right then. Um, I think we do see that with Jack. And the reason I'm going to say that, that he like Santa comes and out of nowhere gives them this gift. And there, there's definitely an acknowledgement from Jack that something has been given to them. I, what I, do you think, Casey? I always see people arguing about if it's a Christmas or a Halloween movie. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think it is a Christmas movie. It is the characters from Halloween town learning about Christmas and trying to, you know, adopt its, its um, practices and, um, but Jack definitely he it's interesting watching him, you know, try to figure it out and he's reading all the books and he's looking at everything and trying to see how he can make Christmas um, from what he knows. So I think if Jack is probably the only one that has any kind of knowledge of, you know, at the end, he's the only one that kind of understands it. I, I still think everyone else is pretty much in the dark that's in Halloween Town. 
Right. Um, I, but I yeah, totally but he definitely. That. But Jack, yeah, yeah I mean, Jack is the Jack is that point. Jack Jack passes the whiteness test. Well, yeah. yeah, that's what, I agree with that. I just think it happened a little earlier. What about you, Julia? So I don't think this is a Christmas movie because I'm not even convinced that Jack passes the Linus test because I think his realization in the end is less this is what Christmas is all about as it is this is the proper direction for my life. You know, like his big thing is who am I, right? And I'm tired of doing this thing that I do all the time and I want something new. He tries something new and realizes it is not a fit for him for a very good reason. It's not his strength. And he realizes, I know what my strength is. My strength is Halloween and I'm going to embrace it. And I'm going to, I'm going to follow through with this healthy appreciation for Christmas. Yes. But I don't think he has, he has a pivotal moment where he realizes that this is what Christmas is all about. I think his, his, this is what Christmas is all about is, oh, that's what that's all about. Oh, that's what Christmas is. And that's all that stuff that goes with it. How cool. I really like it. I'm going to do Halloween. I can, I, I, can, appre- I, can, I can appreciate that view. Because like I said, I only think it scrapes by the Linus test. Yeah. But I'm going to disagree, again disagree and say I think it is a Christmas movie. Okay. Just starring Halloween characters. Because the whole plot revolves around them trying to make Christmas their own. Which really isn't that what we're all trying to do, guys. We are trying to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days per year. (laughs) (laughs) Earlier in the movie, whenever he's still trying to learn about it, I mean, I think it's in his song, you know, where he's like, even though I can't see it, doesn't mean I can't believe it. So Mm -hmm. he's at least, he's he's really trying to grasp everything. And I think just because he's been in Halloween Town his whole life, I mean, his whole job is being the pumpkin king and he takes it very seriously. I think that's why we don't think he's that scary is because I think he's <laughs> really professional about it because everyone <laughs> looks up to him. You know, everyone looks up to him and he is the leader of Halloween Town. And when he needs to be scary, he will. You know, whenever he's, he uh, gets with Lock, Shock and Barrel and scares them whenever they, you know, kidnap the Easter Bunny. But, you know, I think he's like, he's, he's really a professional in what he does. And so he's just trying to grasp Christmas since all he knows is Halloween. But it's, yeah, he's, he's trying. So I have a question because I'm assuming we all have this soundtrack on Spotify or iPods or whatever. How come Patrick Stewart didn't do the narration, opening narration in this movie like he does in the soundtrack? I don't know. And I also noticed the closing narration is not in the movie but it is on the soundtrack and i really like that how you know going forward each holiday knew the other one's name like they started like you know mm. knowing and accepting mm-hmm. one another so nothing like this could ever happen again and that santa dropped in on jack years in the future when he had a bunch of little skeleton kids <laughs> and jack said he would <laughs> if he could do it all over again he would have i don't know why that's not in there yeah, I'm, I really don't know. I don't know. And, um, adds, I think it adds a lot to the story. Oh, I do too. I think it would have been yeah. the perfect capper. Especially, I mean, the yeah. idea that Santa and Jack have, have kept this relationship. That's really, yeah. Okay, so final thoughts on the movie and let's rank it. What are your final thoughts, Casey? My final thoughts are, I mean, this, I get excited every Halloween because Freeform plays this. And so for me, it's just, it's just always been, a nostalgic thing Mm -hmm. and going back to childhood and you know and then also now that I've been going to the Disney parks more 
and getting to experience all the Nightmare Before Christmas stuff in there, it's really reinvigorated my love for it. It's a really good movie to watch, I think, yeah, through Halloween. And then, yeah, as you get more into Christmas, you kind of want some warm, more warm fuzzies than this can give you. But um, I really love the characters um, and all of the artwork in it. And, and now that I have it tattooed on my arm, <laughs> it's going to be with me forever. It's always going to be a favorite for me and just something that... Uh, you know, I gravitate towards. But yeah, so it's, it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Tom? Uh, my final thoughts, I really do enjoy this movie. But I think like we've all said and agree, when it gets closer to Christmas, when we want to curl up by the fire with a blanket and, and our loved ones with a cup of cocoa and watch something, this isn't what I'm going to jump to. But it does, it does have, I do have a lot of positive, nostalgic memories of this movie. And it is one I watch a couple times a year. I like it. You know, I like this movie. I think it's okay. Uh, there's more good to it than bad. And um, yeah, just to reiterate what both Casey and Tom said, this is the perfect time. It's funny because even though I find it's more of a Christmas movie, I'll watch it closer to Halloween than Christmas. But um, <laughs> just because I want, you know, the feel good, more magical Santa and religious stuff closer to the holiday, I guess. But um, yeah, I, I mean, if I'll probably only watch it once a year. It's definitely part of my canon, yearly canon. But once a year, usually around halloween beginning of november that's when i'll watch it and i'll just reiterate its strength lies in its characters and its design and its concept i think it could have been executed better i like this movie but along with the not considering it a christmas movie i like this movie as my halloween movie (laughs) um i really like jack and sally um the voice acting is great uh the set design like anthony said is beautiful if i want something that is extraordinarily unique and was the source of so many things to follow it. This is what I would go to. And the music and and the singing, like the songs as well, um, I'm a huge fan of. It's incredible. So it's a high, high quality movie. It's just hard for me to wiggle it in my Christmas list. So I don't. I'm going to just not from here on out. It's going to remain in October, and I will be happy watching it in October, and it will completely satisfy me then. I will be very curious to see how you rank it on our Christmas canon list then. I've been struggling. Yeah, I, I can A tell. little bit. I I've bet. been struggling a little bit with that. So, <laughs> so that's what we do next, Casey. So we have, a, um, we have a ranking of every movie we've reviewed, and we have a separate spinoff list for like TV specials, which is where we put Charlie Brown. Currently sitting alone. Currently sitting alone, but we're planning on, on doing like the office Christmas specials and, and all of that, some of the shorter TV ones. So um, we, yeah, so we rank each movie uh, one to 10, 10 being the highest, obviously, of, you know, where would you put it on your Christmas movie list, essentially. So like we all gave Elf a 10. It's oh, yeah. all of our favorite Christmas movies. So that's kind of like our, the gold standard, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> so if you had to rank this movie, where would you rank it? I would, I would give it a five. I love it, but at the same time, as far as Christmas movies, it's definitely a lot darker. And so, yeah, so I don't know. If you, if you think of all the other Christmas movies out there, I'm going to have to give it a five. Uh, coincidentally, that's exactly what I'm giving it as well, was a five. <laughs> that was my gut feeling as well. Tom, Tom looks like he's gonna have a heart attack. No, 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 no. I, I didn't rank it that highly. Don't worry, guys. I'm not, okay. I'm not what, what did you rank it, Tom? I gave it a six and a quarter. Wow. Okay. I'm gonna be the high one. Really? Uh, wow. Yeah. I, 
I'm going to give it a 7.5. Yeah, I'd Dang. rather I'd rather watch it. I think it gives me slightly more uh, warm, fuzzy feelings than Die Hard. I just think this edges Die Hard out, and I gave Die Hard a 7, so I'm just giving it the extra 0. 0.5. Okay. All right. Okay. So that gives us <laughs> an average of six and a quarter. Ha-ha! Yay. So, uh, that puts this movie below Die Hard and above Arthur Christmas at our new number six. I can't complain about that at all. I, yeah, see, Anthony hates Arthur Christmas, Casey. He's <laughs> always ragging on me about it because I like that movie. <laughs> Two questions for you, Casey. What do you... Oh, my what God. Do you, <laughs> <laughs> Two questions. I know exactly what the two questions oh. are going to be. What, what, what do you think of Arthur Christmas? And what do you think of the Christmas song, Christmas and Hollis? I knew it. Okay, so I have actually never watched Arthur Christmas. Well, you said because it it's great. <laughs> okay. you're, you're not missing out, Casey. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I, I know there's like a goofy guy with a big nose. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's all I tell about. <laughs> I, I'm going to go ahead and say, guys, we need to keep, I mean, that is a very concise and thick <laughs> of what that movie is. It is. <laughs> I think. Casey should maybe write our plot summary. Yeah. <laughs> because that's a lot nicer than anything Anthony would have ever said about the movie. And what about Christmas and Hollis? <laughs> I don't think I know that either. It's a Christmas song? No, it's not. It's by Run DMC. It's a Run DMC Christmas song that was featured in Die Hard. Yeah, you fe- hear her laugh. It was featured in a lot of stuff, a lot of movies, a lot of TV shows. It was featured but most in. famously, firstly, most famously in Die Hard. In Die Hard. Uh, we yes. took a, we did a poll, Casey. What? We did an official Twitter poll. Uh-huh. And it came in as not a Christmas movie, and Anthony will not let go of the fact that he's wrong. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not a Christmas song. Or not, I'm sorry, that it came in as not a Christmas song, and Anthony is just not letting it go. <laughs> it's an ongoing yeah, debate, I, Casey. <laughs> I feel like it's going to so last reading, as long as the show does. <laughs> I'm reading the lyrics to Christmas and Hollis, because I, I don't know it either. And he steals from Santa, but he's going to mail it back? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. wait. You you need, in fairness, you... I would recommend <laughs> listening to it with the music. Okay. Because the music itself is very Christmassy. Okay. Would you is do it- us a favor and, and tweet or, or Instagram comment or carrier pigeon or, or owl it what you think after you listen to it? <laughs> yes, please do. Yes, yes. I will let the world know what I think. <laughs> right but, now, I mean, but, it's, before, it's but, sounded pretty great. <laughs> But before you listen to it, Casey, I just want to say you have been the best guest on this show. I welcome you back with open arms whenever you want. <laughs> Got something brown because on your I nose Because I don't there, like Anthony. Arthur Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Casey, it has been really awesome having you. Um, your Disney expertise and, and your yeah feedback on the movie was just great. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Would we you be just- willing to come back on when we do other Disney? Christmas movies like Beauty and the Beast Christmas and all those? Yeah, I would love to. I love Excellent. all the Christmas things, all the Christmas Excellent. Disney things, because clearly I don't know Arthur Christmas. <laughs> that wasn't Disney. It, <laughs> no, it wasn't. That's you're right. much better off for it. Don't worry. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Is it on Netflix? 
Can I? Is there a way to watch it? Um, Tr- yeah. Trust me, Freeform will be playing it on a loop for f- five <laughs> weeks leading up to Christmas because that's all. Yeah, they to play. its detriment, yeah. they do overplay it. Okay, they really do. That's it. Well, and the funny thing is, is like I work from home, so like a lot of my day, Freeform is just on in the background because I I watch mm-hmm. the middle. The middle is whenever it's not holiday time. The middle is always playing in the middle of the day. I so, love that show. Um, I do too. Yes. So yeah, so I will definitely. I'll have to keep my eye eye out for Big Nose Arthur. What's him? He's Arthur. Yeah. <laughs> so Julia really liked Arthur Christmas. Anthony hated it, and I was just meh. So we fight a lot about it. In other words, Anthony and I. Tom stays out of it for the most part. <laughs> I curl up in the corner and cry like. <laughs> Tom participates in the Christmas and Hollis debate. Yes, he does. I have He's strong more feelings about, about Christmas and Hollis. <laughs> and I wonder well, why we do Twitter polls if we do the, get the results and we ignore them. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, <laughs> Casey, really, thank you so much for giving us your time. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. It was awesome. Um, and for those of you, just a reminder, Casey, do you want to give us uh, uh, give us your business name again? And and we'll put, of course, put it in the show. Yeah. Notes. Do you want to give us your Twitter handle so people can follow you? Sure. Yeah. So on um, Instagram and Twitter, I am Casey and the Bear. You will see from my Instagram that I have a bear. I take it around Disney World. It is just part of me. <laughs> I will get people <laughs> walk up to me and they go. I follow that bear on Instagram. (laughs) 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 So so on Instagram and Twitter, you can find me at Casey and the bear. Um, You can search for park bound buttons on Facebook. I'm park bound buttons on Facebook. Um, My website is parkboundbuttons.com. And I think that's, I'm on YouTube as well as park bound. Um, I haven't done a YouTube video in like a year because I found out very quickly that YouTube is hard. Um, (laughs) But yeah, if you Google park bound buttons, you will find me. And um, I wanted to do something a little special um, to kind of encourage my followers to listen and maybe anyone hearing me for the first time. I do sell buttons and other accessories online. So um, I was going to put out a coupon code um, that you would have to hear on the podcast to use. Um, and I'm just going to keep it keep it open until Christmas. So if anyone is listening, um, they can go to my website, parkboundbuttons.com, and use the coupon code TISTHEPODCAST. And you will get twenty percent off your order um, on Amazing. buttons and pins. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, I thought that'd be a fun way to um, hopefully get some of my um, customers over here to listen to us talk about Nightmare Before Christmas. So Definitely. I'm putting that up now. Thank and, you so yeah, much. And I will, yeah, I'll let all my um, all my people know once the podcast drops, so they can listen. Perfect. <laughs> well, thanks, Casey. Yeah, it's great talking to you on. That went well. That was fun. Yeah. So we've had um, continual weeks of just awesome feedback. Guys, we're so thankful for it. So we want to share some of it with you. So we had some great feedback on our Tis the Podcast subreddit this week, um, particularly the one asking what people thought about um, Muppets Christmas Carol that we talked about last week, or the Muppets Christmas Carol we talked about last week. I want to start off just by saying thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody who commented, but 
thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to Disco54 because it was like the nicest compliment ever. He said, um, we're just over two months in and you've trained me to believe that Sundays last at least a week, which is like such a great compliment. I got all like fuzzy feeling when I read that. And I actually responded. You know, I know you guys talk, talk about how I never get on there, but I actually did that time. Um, so thank you, Disco54. It was incredibly kind. So we had some additional interaction from that Revit guy who called out that Ralph is in this movie. We were discussing, was he in it? Was he not? We thought he wasn't. But apparently he's playing the piano in the Christmas party flashback with young Scrooge and Fozzywig. And he said, you mentioned that you didn't notice him in the film. And we didn't. We totally missed it. Um, and what was really funny is he says, it's a very short cameo, but I was yelling at, I was yelling it at the radio in my truck this morning. LOL. <laughs> Your podcast definitely makes for an entertaining commute to work each week. Keep up the good work. <laughs> so thank you, that Revit guy. It's hilarious to think of you screaming at the radio in your truck, by the way. I love I that. I pictured that in my head next <laughs> to somebody yelling. <laughs> I'm, pic- I'm, in my- I'm picturing being in my car next to somebody yelling about the Muppets at the radio. Um, Disco54 wrote in separately, um, and he said, I figured I'd better rewatch Muppets Christmas Carol after listening to the podcast. I've watched it a few times, but this is the first time I've noticed that he names the Marley brothers, Jacob and Robert, Bob Marley, brilliant. <laughs> and it's funny that Anthony had said that he hadn't noticed that. I hadn't. Oh, that's all I could think. That's all I could think. I just yeah. think in my head, he's Bob Marley. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so funny. Um, we also got a great comment from Dave Mello 84. Um, and he mentioned a good episode, though he was surprised to see that it came in just before Elf. Um, although we did talk about it a little bit later that it came in just after Elf. Isn't that correct? Dave Mello, I have to admit, I was a little surprised too, because I didn't expect this to rank higher than Home Alone 1. Oh, well, I didn't. I <laughs> well but yeah that i mean i'm not like it wasn't an upsetting surprise i was just legitimately surprised um they mentioned that their favorite version of a christmas carol is mickey's christmas carol um he knows it's short but just when he sees the opening credit sequence he's filled with such a strong emotional feeling of nostalgia and charm and melancholy and tradition um i could never deny its proper spot at the top of my dickens adaptation list so you're in good company anthony yeah um for sure <laughs> and i mean uh, even even if you guys don't rank that as your number one version you can't deny that one's awesome it is it's awesome. really good it I is totally agree um disco 54 weighed in as well saying for me there is only one version where they got it right alistair sim is scrooge that film is so close to the spirit of the book no pun intended in every way that matters um, even though it's one of the few versions without the boiled in his own pudding quotes. I don't mind other versions, but that is far and away the best. Not the colorized, the black and white for the win. That I've is never a seen good, that one. It is a really good version. Oh, it is a good one. It is. Yeah. So we will definitely have to cover that at some point. Definitely. So really awesome, fun feedback. <laughs> we also have feedback. Um, people wrote in answering our questions of the week last week in preparation for the Nightmare Before Christmas episode we are currently recording. So Disco54 wrote in, I think the Nightmare Before Christmas is a lot like what Christmas looks like to Charles Manson. (laughs) 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 Um, I I can't argue with that. He also said, 
We have no Halloween traditions. I look upon it as a handy reminder that it will soon be Guy Fawkes Night, and in Yorkshire that means parkin, which is a type of cake that uh, I guess is kind of like molasses bread, according to another user called Vox Havoc. But Disco54 goes on to explain parkin. He says, It has a consistency and density of a brownie, but probably tastes more like molasses bread. It's much closer to cake than bread and tastes like dark, bitter, syrupy caramel and toasty oats. Treacle isn't common cooking ingredient in America, I understand. It's really yummy and eaten warm or cold. And then Fox Havoc replied to that, it doesn't look like my grocery store carries treacle, but Amazon does, so that is going to have to go in the shopping cart. Thank you for the idea. Have either of you have had parkin? No, but it sounds delicious. It does sound really good. I didn't have it when I was living over in England. Oh, that's sad. Okay, so a thin white duke, another very frequent commenter in our sub, also wrote in. He wrote, I love The Muppets Christmas Carol. One of my most Christmassy films to get in the right mood. (laughs) I teach English, so whenever we read Christmas Carol with my younger classes, we always watch this, and they always love every minute of it. It captures the heart of the story with a sweet meta style with Gonzo Dickens, as well as fun songs and interesting ghosts. I love that they didn't use Muppets for the ghosts, but created relatively authentic representations for the story. Yeah, I really like that, too. Yeah. Like... That they didn't just use Fozzie or whoever. He goes on to say, I'm a big Halloween fan, but mainly for the scary movies and often have good movie nights for the misses around Halloween time or watching horror series like American Horror Story, which just finished Roanoke. I used to love dressing up and have been Beetlejuice, Freddy Krueger, Phantom of the Opera, Dracula, and zombie Spider-Man in the last 10 years. But aging, my wife's work, and other factors mean there have been less opportunities in the last couple of years. And then in he comments on The Man Who Invented Christmas, which is that Christmas movie coming out in a few weeks about the writing of A Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. He's excited to see it. He said, I've even shown it to my current class and told them they need to go see it. I assume he means the trailer. I unsuccessfully petitioned my head of the department to organize a mass cinema educational trip. That would have been so, amazing. Yeah. So it was awesome you attempted it. Like, yeah, Don't, sure. give up. Yeah, Don't give up. Yeah, I, I would keep hammering that. Hashtag he persisted. So we have something exciting to announce. We've had, we've been asked um, how people can help support the podcast and help it to grow. So we've created a Patreon. It's a very modest Patreon. We're going to drop some bonus episodes for anybody who gives a dollar a month. Uh, we have our first bonus episode that will come out tomorrow, which is us talking Hocus Pocus, which is a movie we all love. So if you are so inclined... We would love for you to check it out. You can go to Patreon slash patreon.com slash tis the podcast. And on it, you can support us anywhere. Like we said, a buck gets you all of our bonus content. We'll send you a Christmas card and some other fun cards from the three of us throughout the year for $3 a month. For $5 a month, you'll be the first people to get our new sticker that we're designing and uh, any subsequent stickers and buttons we come out with. For $10 a month, you can pick your own movie that will be ever memorialized on our list. That can be a good movie or a bad movie it's up to you and for $25 you get all of that stuff plus a shirt when we get our shirt design and we'll have you on as a guest host so um, all other listeners can hear about your movie that you love or hate and get your opinions and thoughts on it straight from you so check it out just so you know we're not trying to make a lot of money off of this podcast or anything our, our ultimate goal right now is uh, 250 per month is what we'd like to see to get eventually for patreon 
so that we can design cool stuff. I'm hoping we can have time before Christmas, and I haven't talked to Anthony or Julia about this, so I may be, I know I'm throwing them for a loop, but I'd really like to get a Tis the Podcast uh, Christmas ornament that you guys can order. Um, so yes, please. By supporting, by supporting our podcast, you're going to help us do things like that, plus up our uh, up our game a little bit and get a little better sound equipment and we're hoping to get a way to get clearer crisper interviews with guests who join us so um really all the money that that we get off patreon is getting reinvested back into the podcast so um, we'd love your support if not continue listening to us here we still would really like to have all of your itunes reviews um and we'll share all those good or bad Facebook reviews and engage with us on our subreddit for tis the podcast. And, uh, Oh, and, and if you're listening to this today, get your reviews in, if you have not done so already on iTunes and Facebook for a chance to win our Funko pop uncle Eddie, that will be announced that will be recording on November 1st and announcing on November 6th. Um, the winner each, each review you do gets you an extra entry. We know that sometimes it takes over 24 hours for a um, review to hit iTunes. So if you entered, but your review hasn't posted before we do the drawing, if you enter within the next two days to choose a message, let us know you entered, we'll enter your name, but we won't send out the, prize until we see the review actually went up with a date to so we know you went actually got in in time before the contest closed yeah so i'm really excited to announce next week's movie because it's one of my favorites and i think it's a beloved classic by many people and that is tim allen's the santa claus is it beloved by all people is it really yes it is. This people beloves it. I don't know, guys. We'll have to just wait and see next week. I know for a fact you do, because the first time we talked, you said you did. <laughs> so no trolling. It will so, be really before- interesting. We do all like that. It'll be really interesting. I'm, I'm interested, A, to talk about it because it's a fun movie. But B, I'm interested to see where it's going to end up on the list. Yeah, me too. There's, too. Only, there's only one place for that movie. Anyway, I have... <laughs> right, right below Arthur Christmas. <laughs> I will end the podcast if it comes over there. <laughs> I really do think I'm funny, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so now it's time to do our question of the week. And I have a question for you guys. So I want to talk Christmas tree traditions. And I want to know, do you get a real or a fake tree? What color lights do you put on your tree every year? What do you use as a tree topper? And besides ornaments, um, do you put anything else on the tree, like garland, tinsel, ribbon, bows, whatever? So, yeah, I want to know all about your Christmas trees. So, Julia, why don't you start That's us a off? great question. Thank That's you. a really great question. So, I am a fake tree person. Tom, don't get angry. I am violently allergic to a lot of things, one of them being evergreens. <laughs> so we do a fake tree. My dad, my parents always did a fake tree because it was easier and the whole allergic thing. So we just, we still have a fake tree. We have a pre-lit fake tree with little white lights, but we also string up um, big C9 multicolored bulbs into the interior of the tree. And then I have um, ribbon that goes on the tree. I have red berry garlands. I have wreaths I stick in the tree. I have these little wood sleds I stick in the tree along with all of our ornaments. And like our tree is like jam-packed full of stuff. It's a real dense tree. And then we have just a star that we bought the first year we were married, Marty and I at Lowe's, because that's when he worked at Lowe's in there's not a ton of sentimentality behind it other than the fact that it's ours and it was the first one we bought together um, as our tree topper. So 
Very cool. What about you, Tom? Yeah. Uh, we're, I'm really into the, I have to have at least one real tree. Um, we go pick that out every year. Um, starting the first year, Christine and I were dated when I stole a Christmas tree. Reasers made me do it. It was not my choice. <laughs> and I did try to pay for it later, and they told me to keep it for all the hassle that they gave me. Anyway, um, we have a real tree. <laughs> it's named Howie every year. Howie. Howie. Howie has white lights. Um, for years, Howie did have a, uh, an angel, but after moving a couple of times, the uh, angel was not looking so hot anymore. So she got retired. Um, and a few years ago, we bought a star. There's no um, particular attachment to a star or an angel. You know, and, and as far as what we put on it, we, of course, have a lot of ornaments. Our main tree is always um, handmade. It's got a bunch of handmade ornaments all over it. But we, some years we do ribbon. We don't really do garland or, or tinsel. Well, some years we do ribbon, but really it's just kind of uh, that. When, when it gets to that, it, it depends on what we feel like for the year and what we're going for. But uh, absolutely my favorite thing in the world to do. The thing I look forward to most every year by far is uh, going to get our Christmas tree, bringing him home, putting him in water and letting him, you know, absorb what he can and then bringing him in the next night and decorating him. Howie. Oh, cool. oh, Howie. <laughs> Aww, I love that. Um, I have a fake tree too. I'm a fake tree person. I have two trees. My apartment can only fit one. So um, I have the one my parents got the first year they were married that they kind of passed on to us. And I also have one that was my grandparents, but they can't really decorate the big trees anymore. So um, that's the one we're going to put up this year because it's a little fuller where my parents is a little more uh, showing its age a little more. But when we have a bigger place, they'll both go up. But yeah, we have a, we use white and colored lights on the tree. We'll just uh, alternate wrapping them, which we started doing that three years ago after we saw our friend did it, because usually we would either do white or color. And then I was like, wow, they look really nice together. It doesn't look tacky if you do it right. So um, yeah, we do both and it really looks beautiful. Besides all the ornaments we put on it, some years we'll wrap gold garland around it too, but otherwise we don't do tinsel or anything else other like uh excessive decorations on it uh we have a red skirt for beneath it and we put our nativity scene beneath it too so like the star looks like it's right over it oh that's fun that's neat yeah so i love it the tree is my favorite part of decorating me too, me too. <laughs> definitely the high point we would like to pictures know- of our tree once we get closer to our trees when we get closer to once we get them out you know I will post pictures on the blog by the end of, or on our social media by the end of next week because it's going up next week. Oh my goodness. Um, you mean this week? exciting. This week. It's going up in like two days. So I will post oh. pictures on social media in a few days. But yeah, let us know about your Christmas tra- traditions and how you decorate it because we really want to know. So I think that's it, guys. Um, so until next time, we only have 56 days left until Christmas. So get excited. And we only have one day left until Halloween. So happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween. <laughs> this is Halloween. This is Halloween. 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 <laughs> you have a beautiful singing voice. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. What's this? What's this? There's color everywhere. What's this? There's white things in the air. What's this? I can't believe my eyes. I must be dreaming. Wake up, Jack. This isn't fair. What's this? What's this? What's this? There's something very wrong. What's this? There's people singing songs. What's this? The streets are lined with little creatures laughing. Everybody seems so happy. Have I possibly gone daffy? What is this? What's this?
There's children throwing snowballs instead of throwing heads. They're busy building toys and absolutely no one's dead. There's frost in every window. Oh, I can't believe my eyes. And in my bones I feel the warmth that's coming from inside. Oh, look. What's this? The hanging mistletoe. They kiss? Why, that looks so unique. Inspired! They're gathering around. Here is story roasting chestnuts on a fire. What's this?